Hi listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, aka FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. Also for Eric has been on a journey with us this year, and then I'm going to attempt to more or less continue from where he, he stopped or where he took the break. And I'll eventually say a number of things that he said already. So, amen. Psalm 107, 23 and 24. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Hallelujah. Luke 5, verse 4 to 5. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Amen. But Simon or Simon, so how do you say Simon or Simon? All right. There's a Monday, hallelujah. Answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the nets. Amen. God has given us a theme for the year. I mean, this is what his, this is his prophetic word for you and I that will go deeper. And we have to understand that God was serious when he spoke this word. He wasn't joking. He wasn't trying out something. He wasn't just giving us another good idea. He was telling us his will. Amen. And before I share, I mean, my message is very short. So let me just say something then. If um, we are going to go deeper this year, then we need to become spiritual people. Hallelujah. Bible says that to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Romans 8, 5 and 6. It says that actually the man that has a carnal mind cannot please God. And God, anytime God speaks, two profound things are, or anytime God is dealing with a man, he wants the person to experience life and peace. And Bible is saying that when you are carnally minded, it's death. But if you are spiritually minded, if you become a spiritually minded person, you truly experience life and peace. Isn't it not amazing that Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Bible actually calls the Lord the Prince of Peace. So these two things are things that God wants us to experience on a daily basis. It's not something that happens during a certain season. So when he gives us a word, the goal of his word is to experience him. Hallelujah. And he wants us to experience his life and peace. And the Bible says that if we are spiritual people, we experience this life. So I want to encourage you that this year be a spiritual person. Hallelujah. Tell anybody be a spiritual person. Because we can't go deep without being a spiritual person. Psalm 107 puts it beautifully. It says that those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters... To do business, you can't do business on shallow waters. You can't do business just by a, a little spirituality. No, you have to go deep. You have to go far. You have to do more. You have to believe God more. You have to trust God more. You have to walk with God more. You have to receive God more. Hallelujah. Hey, are you alive this morning? Yeah. Hallelujah. And since I search people, you need to be a spiritual person. Amen. Because people, you can easily be in church and be a carnal person. Carnally minded. You see, to be carnally minded is not actually a sin. To be carnally minded is to be focused so much on the flesh, on your five senses, to focus on what you can see. Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Bible says that so we walk by faith and not by sight. But if you don't take it as a Christian, all your decisions are going to be based on what you see. Your decisions and your perceptions about life are going to be just like the world. What they see is what moves them. Hallelujah. And we need to be a people who are spiritual. Hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah, we need to be, tell anybody, you need to be spiritual this year. Uh, this year, decide. What do we mean by being spiritual? One, being led by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Being led, being directed in everything you do. Everything. Yeah. 
This year, if you are going to go deep with the Lord, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because he takes us deep. And if you are not led, the Bible says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sonship, people who are known as sons are people who are led. Led by the Spirit. Amen. So if we are going to go deep with the Lord this year, we need to be led by him. Amen. Yeah. In everything, the way you dress, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Sisters, are you in the house? Yeah. Brothers, we need to be led. Amen. The songs you listen to, you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Some time ago, Pastor mentioned something. He said, you see, the songs you listen to, it's a reflection of your spirituality. When, when we look at your playlist right now, it, it should be able to tell us whether you're a spiritual person or not. Amen. And you know, also when we start talking about this, people say don't judge. Like you are judging. But Bible gives us a room to actually do that. Bible gives us a room to determine what is wrong and what is, what is right. That's not judging. The judging the world is talking about is, is calling an end, coming to the conclusion of somebody's matter without giving him a hope. That's what Bible doesn't give us room to do. But to be able to determine whether this is right or wrong, we should be able to do that. Hallelujah. Yeah. Pastor said some time ago that music is the only thing that carries information into your soul without being hindered. You can hear many things and you don't live by what you are hearing. But when something is sung to you, that's why the Muslims actually memorize the Quran by singing it. Because songs help you to remember many things. That's why nursery rhymes are songs. They are not, they don't, you don't go to a nursery and everything is straight, straight to the core, choleric things. Hey, this, say this. No, they are songs, rhymes. Are you in the house? Yeah, rhymes I never learned. I had to learn it right now. You, you hear it. You, you can't say you know. You hear it's being played over. There are days I wake up, I want to pray, and you are hearing a rhyme because you've heard it, carried information into your heart, and hindered. Are you in the house? So your playlist. I was in a PTA meeting recently, and parents were complaining about things that their kids are watching, like cartoons and all that. So worried about... And I know some of you are worried. You've heard about a lot of things. But... When I was there and I was listening to the parents, I realized that some of these parents, you go to their houses and there's no control over the music. And some of these songs are more powerful than what the kids are watching. Some of these songs they are listening to, hold me here, do me this, lead me here, and all this, shake this, hold that. Look, it's amazing what these people are saying and what kids are singing with them. But you see, a parent is not spiritual. Fathers, this year may we be spiritual. Husbands, Hey, husbands are in the house. Yeah, be spiritual. Don't just go to KFC, be spiritual. Don't just take the family to go and eat out. Be a spiritual person. Sisters, and this is what you should be. I said, I don't have much to say, so let me say this one. Let me say there now. <laughs> Somebody's saying, he said, move on, move on. Let me, let me move around here before I move. <laughs> yeah. Sisters, one of your measures of who you end up with is the person's spirituality. Every other thing will come to play. Every other thing will come, will work. Will... Look, you need a spiritual man. Yeah. A man who knows the, the voice of God, who hears the voice of God, a man who practices the presence of God at home. Not just a man who can take you out to. That can be done by any GSS or SHS graduate. Yeah. Who has some money? He can take you out to go and eat. So if that is your way of making a decision, then you are making a wrong decision. You are being led by what you see. All right. When I see some faces or something, let me just preach. <laughs> so what is the Lord calling us to when he says that deeper? Three things. One, the Lord is calling us to know him more intimately, to love him more passionately, <laughs> and to follow and serve him more faithfully. To what? Know him intimately, love him passionately, and follow and serve him faithfully. Yesterday, we were in a meeting. See why I'm part of a ministry called Christ for Youth International. And Pastor was sharing with us. When he started, he started quoting Revelation. I said, I'm in trouble because I prepared this message already. I said, what am I going to do? Because how he started, I knew that I saw where he was going to go. Hey! But I prepared the message already. So I just, Lord, I mean to say it's not more. Paul said, for me to repeat, 
it's safe. It's not burdensome. So those who were a part of that ministry too, you might hear some of the things. Um, don't worry, hallelujah. <laughs> so to know him intimately, God has always wanted to be close. When you look through the scriptures, you see a God who has always wanted to be close to man. In fact, he has done all he needs to do to be intimate with us, or for us to be intimate. He longs for intimacy. And we are going to look at two churches, one in the book of Revelation. We are going to look at the church of Laodicea, and then the church of Ephesus. Amen. Revelation 3, so he wants to know us, he wants, he longs for intimacy. Revelation 3, 14, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, I want you to take note of the Laodiceans, right? This thing says the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Verse 17, because you say I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eyes out that you may see. Verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Hallelujah. So I want to look at some history about the Laodicean church. Laodicea was a very important city. It was actually a very wealthy city. So wealthy that history shows that in AD 60, there was an earthquake and the whole town was destroyed. But they said that they did not need help from the Romans or anybody. They did not need help to build back the city. They they believe, that's how independent that they knew that they had become. They had so much wealth. They said, look, we don't need outside help. <laughs> so they built the city back again. Can you imagine the whole place destroyed, but they were able to build the city without outside help? It's actually said that when they started building structures in town, they had an inscription written on the structures, built with our own resources. So when they build the structure, then they write on top, built with our own resources. That's how wealthy <laughs> that's how wealthy the, the city was. So much money, it has so much wealth. It's actually believed that medicine, especially ophthalmology, it has its roots from Laodicea. Because you realize Jesus was telling them that they should come and they should come for eye salve so that they could see. It's believed that they used to export a lot of drugs, especially for the eyes, because they had a particular chemical that could heal people who had issues with their eyes. So when Jesus was talking, he wasn't just wasting their words. He knew what he was talking about. So medicine was there. Like they were doing a lot. So very wealthy city. And this city also had a lot of clothes. They were rich. So they had a lot of fabric and they sold much and they also sold much. Yeah. Great city. But this city, one of the issues that they had is that they never, they didn't have um, a source of water into the city. So they had to go for, for this water from a spring and they laid them like through pipes. And usually, they, they got the water from a hot spring. So by the time the water got to the city, the water was actually lukewarm. So when Jesus was telling them that lukewarm, they were lukewarm, they really understood what he was talking about because they tasted lukewarm water every day of their lives in the city of Laodicea. So, so much money. They had so many things. So when Jesus looked at this church and he was talking to them, he knew that the culture of the city had entered the church. He knew that the culture of the city, that the people in the city had so much influence in the church, that the church was now thinking like them. That is how come he said the people in the church. Let me show you another interesting thing. If you look at it, he says that, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, if you look at all the other churches, he says that the church at Ephesus, the church at Smyrna. But when it came to the Laodiceans, because they were so independent, it, 
You see, the church of the Laodiceans, they were the masters and controllers, so it was their church. It wasn't the Lord's church. That's why in verse 20 of Revelation 3, he says that here I stand at the door because the founder of the church, the master of the church is now outside. So when he was referring to them, he could easily tell them that this is your church and was begging them to enter. <laughs> Are you in the house at all? Yeah. And Laodicea was noted as a very a commercial center. <laughs> Their goods, he said, exported to all over the world. So Jesus looks at them and says that you are lukewarm. So when he said that, the people could connect because they were drinking lukewarm water every day and they detested it. <laughs> so when he said that, I was spiritual, Jesus actually knew what he was talking about. And these people were lukewarm because they said they had, they were independent, they are rich, they have so much don't need you that's nothing so look at verse 20 jesus said here i stand at the door you know when we use some of us pastors we use this scripture for altar calls but if you look at the context it's not an altar call scripture jesus was talking to the church he wasn't talking to unbelievers because he was talking about coming in coming to the person and dining with the person are in the house yeah so jesus outside and he says that if anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come in inside and dine with him. He's speaking about a deep, meaningful relationship. Just like the lover of Song of Solomon 5. Let's look at Song of Solomon 5. Very profound verse. I sleep, but my heart is awake. It's the voice of my beloved. He knocks, saying, open for me, my sister. Wow. Brothers, are you in the house? Yeah. Open for me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is covered with you, my locks with the drops of the night. Now, if you check this, she never got out of the bed. She had a reason. She stayed. She never. But Jesus is so patient and is waiting. He says, I want to be close. He said, yeah, I'm, I long for intimacy. Because Jesus knows that the, the fulfillment that you find in this life or that he has designed you to have, is going to be dependent on your love relationship with him. There's no true satisfaction outside the Lord. There's nothing we can do to be satisfied. Look, you can go to Atlanta and take a picture. You'll never be satisfied. That you, you have to be close to the Lord. And this year, desire that you are responding to the Lord's call to go deeper with him. We are not talking about something you do on Sundays. We are talking about walking with the Lord. The Bible says of Enoch that Enoch was with God and he was not. And before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased the Lord. Enoch worked so much with God that one day God said, look, I'm too close to you on earth. Come up to heaven. He took him. Enoch never died. God just pulled him out. So close. So close. And this is somebody in the Old Testament. How much more you and I who have the Holy Spirit living inside of us? The reason why we have the Holy Spirit is for intimacy. The reason why God has given us all these blessings is for us to walk in an intimate walk with him. Yeah. So this year, make up your mind that, look, I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to be close. Tell your neighbor, this year we are going deeper. Hmm. He says that, Jesus said, come and, come and dine. He said, I'll come and dine with him. Now, this word dine there in Revelation 3.20 is, is the Greek word dipnon. And dipnon was actually the supper. When you look at the Jews, it was actually a time for supper. So that was, that was their meal. And it was actually the most important meal. And this meal was taken leisurely. You took this meal not being in a hurry. You took this meal knowing that you were not going to work. You had to go to work maybe the next day. So when Jesus was telling this church that I'll come and dine with you, the people understood that he was not talking about just a particular visitation and he leaving you. He wasn't just talking about just some two minutes prayer, like how we just pray in the morning, God, you know that we are all late. You are, I know you understand. Understanding God. Understanding God. You just put some headphones in your ears. Say, oh, um, uh, what are the songs? On a regular. This, this, this. You, they bless me and hey, we just go. Yeah. Jesus was talking about that. He was talking about a meal that was not taken. Actually, this meal, what Jesus was talking about, he was saying that he wants to come and have a certain kind of intimacy that he is not willing to leave. Has somebody come to visit you and the person is not willing to leave? You do everything. You can even go and check Uber prices and say, hey, 
Look, it's three o'clock now. From five o'clock going, it's, I mean, it's going to be peak time. Yeah. So you think that, oh, maybe in the next one, now the person will make up their mind and go. But four o'clock, you bring up the topic and say, oh, it's been a while I saw you. So, you know, I don't, I don't really mind paying a high price. Hey! Yeah. The person has come. Let's, let's just be around. Let's just talk. Let's just talk. Let's just be. Let's just fellowship. That's the kind of fellowship Jesus was talking about. Well, we are not in a hurry. Too many times we are busy. Last year you were so busy. Have you thought about it? I want to ask you a simple question. Okay, I'm going to ask the question again. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask that. So your busyness, where did it send you to? So fast, we're always on our phone, but we can't really say what this phone brought to us. Hey, I like how the place is quiet. Now I can close. Yeah. So busy, so busy. Hey. But never being with the Lord. Yeah. Jesus wants, He long, because, you see, there's so much that God wants to reveal about Himself to you and I, but we are so much in a hurry that we can't hear Him. We don't have time for Him. It's not that God doesn't want us to know him. We, we, don't, we are not willing to receive what he wants to give to us. I'm in the house. Yeah. May this be your goal. Tell anybody, may this be our goal. May this be our goal. Yeah. If this is your goal, this is what is going to happen. You plan it. Intimacy doesn't happen by accident. Those who are close to you, you, did, you it's not by once in a while visitation. It's in spending time with the person. Yeah. Since much time. Hmm. You see how we are blessing our generation? Many Bibles, different Bible apps. But we won't spend time reading His Word. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was God. Right. We can't know God outside His Word, people of God. This year, if you don't read your Bible, you know the Lord. We can, we can pray for you, everything, but you know the Lord. Isn't it amazing that Paul? Almost at the end of his ministry, in Philippians 3, verse 10, he says that, that I may know him. That was his prayer. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. This is somebody who was at the end of his ministry. How do we know? Because in chapter 4, verse 8, he comes to tell us that he has fought the good fight, he has run the race, he has completed everything. Can you imagine? He says that it's not enough. I want to know the Lord. Hey! After the many messages he preached, he said that I want to know the Lord. After the many disciples, he said that I want to know him. He said that I've done many things, but it's not about what I've done alone. It's I want to, I want to be intimate. Some of us, it's because our, the many things we've done for the Lord is making us not want to know him and be with him anymore. So we are in a hurry. This year, don't be in a hurry, please. Don't be overly busy. You make time for what is important for you. Because what is important for you, you plan it. True or false? Yeah. What is important, you plan. Hey. He paid a price for intimacy. So one, to love him intimately, that's what we mean by we are going deeper. Two, is to, is to know him intimately. Two, is to love him passionately. The more we know the Lord, the more we begin to love him. Our knowledge of the Lord must always lead us to loving Him. Yeah. Knowing the Bible, quoting Greek and Hebrew without knowing, the, loving the Lord, what's the goal? <laughs> I'm in the house. Yeah. Ephesians 2, verse 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works your labor, your patience, and have found them liars, and you have, no, and that you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles, and are not, and have found them liars, and you have persevered, and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you've left your first love. Remember your... Remember therefore from where you've fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you 
and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. This church was obviously a great church. Look at the credentials of the church. He said, I know your works. Jesus was actually talking about good works. He said, I know your works. He <laughs> said that, I also know your labor. Right. Now for the Lord to talk about their work and now go on to talk about their labor is serious. Hey, they might have been doing great things. For- this church today, if this church existed with all these qualifications, this is one of the best churches in town. Top churches. Hey, a church that is doing many works for the Lord. A church that when Jesus comes to write, you see, it's not what we say about ourselves that really matters. It's what Jesus says about us. And Jesus comes to look at the church and says, Charlie, you are doing well. Good job. So that your labor, you are laboring. Hmm. You are laboring. I know your labor. The word labor, there's actually a Greek word. The word is corpus. One meaning of this word corpus is pains. Twelve. Jesus said, I know the pains that you are going through, so you work for me. Wow. Can you imagine? Jesus could say that the people were... Because when Jesus, that would be his... He would say that, okay, when I came on earth, I did the works. When Jesus came, I said, I must work the works of him that sent me. John 9, 3, 4. Of him that sent me while it is there. So he could identify other people who were working. He also went to the cross so he could identify people who were also suffering for his sake and the labor and everything. <laughs> I in the house. So this church, they could, say, they could catch people who said they were apostles and they were not. Yeah. They could say, say, by this guy, we know him. Because of this, 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 he's not an apostle. That's a great church. We are not talking about the pastor. Having to get Christians. Sometimes you say somebody is a Christian for years and has been deceived by a pastor before. But this guy is an apostle. Because for, for somebody to be able to say that this is a fake apostle, you should have a certain kind of grace and a certain kind of confidence. Yeah. To determine that this is a wrong apostle. Great, great things. And he talked about their perseverance. The church. He actually talks about their patience. The Greek word is money. It means to come under something, to come under much stuff. So, patiently enduring the many things. Wow. Great church. But Jesus can say that, but I have one thing against you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, nevertheless, the, the word nevertheless actually, actually means despite all of this, first love, the word first, first love, Love, you know, agape first is protos. Protos means number one in order of ranking. It also means the best. It also means the chiefest amongst a group. When you something else is there before me, say that you've left it. Yeah. Just say you don't have any, you don't have passion anymore. Say you are doing this work. You know, you can easily serve Jesus without passion. But Jesus is interested with the passion that accompanies our works. Jesus is not just interested in we arranging chairs. He wants to see us doing it passionately. Yeah. That's what the Bible says in Romans 12. Is it verse 11? Not, not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit. See Romans 12. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Fervent. This word fervent, the Greek word actually means boiling. Like a liquid that is boiling. He says that this is how your service should be. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Passionately serving the Lord passionately. He said that you were doing that thing. It's okay. You are in the chest. Camera is set up. You're able to prepare a sermon and come and preach and arrange and why? But he said, you are not doing it passionately. You are not doing it to the first love. And Jesus is saying, look, this year if we are going deeper, then we must love him. We must do this with passion. You know you can come to church without any passion. Yeah. Same church members who were here during the worship time. You, you think that we've just gone to a different place. Passionately. Some people cannot even wait to go and enter where they watch the match and are before because they want a good seat. Hey, but we'll come to church and the worship leader have to now wind us. Lift up your hands. All you gates and all you people. And be lifted. Hey! 
Yes. May we be a passionate generation. If we win the next generation, we need to be passionate. Look at the people of the world. They, they carry him. You see, the world, some, some people in the world, they are not believing our message because we are not passionate about this Jesus. A man was going to be sent to the firing squad. And they came to, uh, they made this, one of these guys come in. Is he a pope or one of the priests or whatever? To come and lead him to Christ. And he was telling him about heaven and about hell. Then he said, if I believe, if this is true, and if I believe what you believe, he said, I would have, if I believe the hell you are preaching about, I would have walked through the whole England on my knees, the whole London on my knees, making sure that nobody goes to this hell you are talking about. He said, how you are preaching, you are not passing it, it's not true. He said, if it's true, this is what I would have done. A man who was going to the firing squad. Guys, what we are going to end, we need to become passionate people because there's going to be a test of our Christianity. And it's the passionate people who will stand. It's the lovers of Jesus. It's the lovers of Jesus. It's the lovers of Jesus. <laughs> I'm in the house. The best love. Hey, is that the time? Okay, closing three minutes. Romans 12, verse 11, amplified. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Watch you. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit. Ah, you see where they got their thing from? Be aglow and burning with the spirit. You can say aglow and not be burning. Yeah. You can have a tag in your car and not be burning. We are talking about a life that is burning. Yeah. When people of old could pray the Lord, stamp it. Somebody's prayer, Lord, stamp eternity in my eyeballs. This was a man who was burning. What is your prayer? Lord. Change my car from Kia morning to Kia. <laughs> hey, hey, serious. Our prayer topics are a reflection of our passion. Yeah, because some of us, all our passion is this world and the things of this world. What, what, what we can think? These are the things that are driving us. Look, and we have to go. I believe this thing is from God. I believe it because God is calling us to move away from this thing. And I was amazed that Pastor started preaching this message at Catalyst. I believe God is leading us. He's leading us. He's, he's driving us away from this thing. Guys, we need to be passionate about the cross. And this Jesus we believe. We need to be passionate. We need to come to a point and say, look, I want to live like I believe. That's being passionate. I want to live what I believe. Hmm. TPT. Romans 12, 11. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward Him boiling hot. Keeping your passion toward Him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. This church just worked with the Lord, for the Lord. No passion. Revelation 2, 4. Yet, I hold this against you, NIV. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Simple. He said, you have forsaken the love you had at first. Yeah. Some of you have become respectable in society, so you don't have any love for Jesus anymore. Rejoiner's vision, the final quest. When he gave a vision of people who were being ridden upon by demons, eh? people that demons were controlling, he said there were some of them were respectable people. So in the church, you see them beautifully dressed, but a demon is poo-pooing on them. Yeah, tell me. Being influenced. And this people were, they were, they were in, the, in the church, but they were actually fighting against the church. Yeah. Respectability. <laughs> some of us are so concerned about reputation, I will never do anything for Jesus. Look, if your heart is burning, you want to do what Jesus wants. Hey, you know what? Sometimes also we can't join a prayer meeting because our heart is not burning for this man, Jesus. Yeah. Sometimes we show up because oh, of Eric has called me. If I don't come to be at some way, so when does it start seven? So seven forty-seven be our come. Then we share the grace. Yeah, no passion. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing? All of us want passionate partners. Huh? <laughs> oh, you don't want to, you want, you just want a brother, somebody who is not passionate about you. Everybody wants somebody who is passionate, who really has showed that he loves you, has showed working. Are you in the house? Yeah. You don't want anybody who says, um, the love is in my heart. 
you would you, you wonder how you've been saying I worship this in your heart, worshiping God is in your heart. If you God gave you a partner whose love is in his heart, how would you how would you feel? <laughs> Husbands, we need to become passionate lovers. Hey, you are surprised I'm saying this. It's not a relationship too. I just feel like telling you this. Husbands are in the house. Remember the passion you had for your wives at first. When you got married or before you got married. Hey, things you could do. You could customize different things from AliExpress and what Express and Alibaba. Is there anything like that? Am I saying that right? Yeah, customize different things. Right, this. Hey. Cake, cake. The person is babe. The person gets to office now. Fruits basket. Lunch on a, a whole this one. In the evening, there's some. Wow. But because you've been married, now they've called you. Could you buy bread on your way? Say that I can't do a U ten. When I freeze, I can't do a U ten and buy the bread. I can't do a U ten. Say so this is what I can't do. I have to now go and do a U turn and then come. I can't do that. Husbands, just put a hand on and say, Lord, give us passion one more time. <laughs> if you are not a husband, no more. <laughs> hey! Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said, I want to take, I was talking to a lady, I want to take the nothingness out of your hair. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> Let me just give you. You should see the brothers. Just before marriage, and sometime right after, hey, Princess Sankasa, Princess, yeah, Angel, hey, I can't say that. Um, <laughs> let me use another word, honey, or something. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm preaching it. Hey, So this is my precious pearl. Wow. Yeah. Now, if my is Adwa. Meanwhile, you see, this is how you, you store the number those times. Precious pearl. Yeah. Passionate. Yeah. Husbands, I pray we'll follow this message. And as this is a year of going deeper and being passionate. Yeah. Some of husbands, you don't go on dates again. When you marry that, you don't know dates, nights, and all. Uh, and those guys used to move. No place did not know you. You went everywhere. You can go and say, hey, bro, welcome on. Everybody say, you're, you're, we, we, we are calling you, bro. Hey, you've been there a number of times. Hmm. Hmm. You see a brother whose house is here, but you're looking for him inside this side. Passion. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. You know what kept Jesus on the cross? It was passion. It's passion that kept him. It wasn't a nails. He could have come down. It was passion. Passion that kept him on the cross. Yeah. He said that you've left. You see, the Bible was intentional by saying that you've left or forsaken. The word is not lost. When you lose something, you cannot find it. It's possible you cannot find it. But if you've left it somewhere, you can go and pick it. And the Bible was intentional. Jesus was saying that we, the word forsaken here is actually the word you have left it at a place you can go for it. That's why I said that. Remember. Guys, may we go back to the place of passion. Hmm. Let's remember how we used to love God. Yeah. Our love for God must um, move into our love for our neighbors. You can't say you love God. First John 4.20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For who does not love his brother whom he has seen? How can he love God whom he has not seen? Our passion for Jesus must always translate into our love for each other. First Peter 4, 7 to 8. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And watch what he says. So he said, the end of all things. Jesus is coming. Look at what he tells us. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Verse 8. Watch. And above all things, above every other thing you do, this should be number one. Above all things, have fervent love for one another. 
Say, have a passionate love, a burning love. Yeah. True love, passionate, forgiving, letting go, generous. Passionate love. That's why you come to church, you have to bring something for the second service. You thought I won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amplified, classic. Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. Intense and unfailing love. Final point. Follow and serve him faithfully. If you are going to go deeper, follow and serve him faithfully. First Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. 15, 58. Be steadfast and movable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. No, New King James. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He said, always abounding. The word abounding is a Greek word which means to exceed an expectation. It's actually to superabound. That's the meaning. It's to go beyond a certain limit. That, like we all know that this is what you're supposed to do. You see that? Make sure this is what becomes your testimony. This year, if we are going deeper, we have to serve him faithfully. We have to go beyond the expectation. Hey, they make you in charge of a department. Go beyond the expectation. Hey, hallelujah. Yeah. If you are going to exceed, we have to become faithful people. Tell you about faithful people. When you read the Bible, God is after faithfulness. Matthew 25. Is that the talent? The, the, the parable of the talent where he gave one, three, one, five, one, how many? I, I can hear it. How many and how Let's go, let's see it. Five, how many? Uh, I hear the five, but the second, this one I'm not hearing. Five, what? Two and what? One. I said that, give it to them. I said that. Bible said immediately he left them. And he came back at another time. And he gave a reward for people who had increased what he had given to them. He said, thou good and faithful servant. The same reward for the one who had multiplied from five to ten was the same reward he told them. God is not looking for the spectacular per se. He's looking out for faithfulness. God is not looking out for you to do the next bayacious thing. He's looking for you to do, be faithful with what he has given to you. God is after faithfulness. What does it mean to be faithful? To be faithful is to be committed. It means to be consistent. What does commitment look like? Commitment is to do what is expected of you. How is expected of you at every point in time? Not changing your mind about it. Not letting circumstances determine what you should do. Isn't it amazing? Hebrews 12. Is that seeing that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that easily ensnares us and let us run with patience, the race that says before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despised, despised all this. Guess, when he was talking about, he was talking about Jesus being faithful to his calling, his ministry. He wasn't talking about faith to just receive something. He was talking about a man. He said, look unto him. Because it's a continuation of chapter 11. Where it tells us about people who by faith did many wonders for the Lord. Hey, God is waiting for one day to tell you thou good and faithful servant. Yeah. He's not called us to do better than your neighbor is doing. He's called you to be faithful at what you are doing. Isn't that amazing how some of us are looking for, I was listening to a man of God, he says people are looking for open doors. They want ministry stay so that they can preach. To God, open doors somewhere so I can preach. Meanwhile, they have work colleagues they've never shared Jesus with. It's amazing. They have people close to them. Never share this, but I say, give me a platform. Give one will I also preach at farm. Because I have one or two to say. Remember, <laughs> hey, God brings people into your life every day. Every day. You don't preach to them. Be faithful to your calling. Because God is not expecting you to come and give him a story. He's expecting you to bring results. God is a profit-minded God. One day they were looking for him. Is he at the age of 12? And they found him. And the parents said, why did you leave? I said, don't you know I must be about my father's business? He saw his call as a business. That's why 
in one parable, he said that he gave them away. He said that occupy till I come. Say, keep doing business, keep being faithful till I come. Guys, it's time to be faithful. It's time to be faithful to the one who has always been faithful to you and I. Our response to the love of God is to be faithful to Him. Okay, rise so that I can close. I think now I can look for somewhere and close. So you can rise to your feet. I want to say one thing and we close. So just rise. Oh, you don't believe I'm closing? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, our generation, we don't know what commitment looks like. We don't know. Now. Hmm. If you are committed to something, you don't need a reminder to do it. You don't need a reminder. You do it. Because you plan. We all plan towards our commitment. We all plan. Especially if we are going to get any indirect benefit from it. The ministry I belong to. The branch that I'm in. We decided that we'll, the welfare department will sell Sobolo so that when people come and ask for transport, we want to buy some things. It's not now that we'll come and put bed in. Yeah. I'm one of God. All the ladies in the department, Pastor Vicky, they are always busy to do sobolo that will sell. But you go and check the people in this department, they are entrepreneurs. Started their businesses and their businesses are flourishing. Hey, it's amazing, oh. <laughs> yeah. Because we tend to have a certain look, and this applies to all of us. You may be laughing at them, but it applies to all of us. We tend to have a certain commitment to things that we, we benefit from directly. Yeah, you see us there. We'll show up. We'll, directly, we'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there on time. Directly. Things that benefit like it's coming to me because I'm committed to my life and what I can get. Oh, I'll be there. But it's time to be committed to the one who died for us. Yeah. It's time to be committed, guys. This year, may we be... Look, be committed to church. You don't need anybody to remind you to come to church. The Bible says that since the day is approaching, let us not forsake the gathering of the brethren. You don't need a motivational message to show up in church. You don't need it. You don't need, you don't need anybody to encourage you to pray. No, you don't. You don't. Why, why, do you need, why do you need somebody to tell you that we have to pray to? When you start at a certain point in your work with God, yes, you'll be called. But at a certain point... You are growing in faithfulness. You are growing. How come you show up in class? In school? Yeah, the lecturer doesn't call you. He just puts a timetable at the beginning of the semester. 7.30 or 7 a.m. Meet me at this place. <laughs> you don't ask any question. You don't say it's too early. It's too this. We won't get sleep. The previous day. When it comes to the things of God, the previous day, I have to do this. I have to do this. Hey, please. This year, may we be committed. Yeah, may we be committed. I remember when I was in school. One of God, I had a certain class, 6 a.m. Yeah. He sucks at 6, 5. Yeah. You get a quarter to 6, the class is full. Yeah. And I think that class was on Monday. The same people, you see them going to church. 10 minutes to closing. Hey! This year, may we be committed to even coming to church early. Let me also use this one too. On behalf of the resident pastor, let me use it to pass here. Yeah. Uh, can I go this side? <laughs> yeah. See, look, the word of God is living and it's active. The word of God makes us wise. There are too many benefits. So if we are preaching, it's fine, okay? We need to learn how to come to church early. You are not married, you don't have any commitment, and you are getting to church late. Then when you marry, what will you do? You're not, you're not married. And you come to church late. No child, nothing is stopping you. But you enter church late. Looking so beautiful. You are beautifully late. Yeah. So beautiful. Guys, may we... You see, coming to church early is something we do out of reverence for Jesus. It's, it's not like when I come, then the place is full, the pastor can preach his man. No, it's, it's because we love this man. We fear him so much. I want to be there. Somebody had a vision. Eh? He had a vision of a church, church services. That 
He entered church early one day and the Lord opened his eyes and saw that at five minutes to the service, there was like dew. It was a special blessing. Five minutes when the service started, the thing cut off. So everybody who came after the service started never received. Those who received were the people who were there. Committed. Let's learn to come to the presence of God early. Let's learn. Let's learn it. It's only a generation that we go for parties early, but presence of God leads. Hey. Yeah, also, well, let me say, I'm sure maybe I won't preach again <laughs> next year. So let me say. Yeah. Look, it's not, it's not a good thing. May we be a gen- Let's learn to come to the house of God early. When you have a, a doctor's appointment, you go early. So why come? The chief physician is here and you are coming late. The one who truly knows all things. Who, you see, doctors are sometimes plain and they, are, they don't really know what is wrong. They are not doing this test. But there's someone who knows all things. There's somebody who your life is in his hand. There's somebody who knows your days. Why don't you come early and spend with him? Yes. Why don't you come? Come early. Learn to walk into the presence of God. Now, the, the, by the time it's time for celebration or praise, what do you call it? Praises. The place is full. Committed. Committed to the vision of God. To ensuring that this place is full. Bringing somebody to church. If this church has been a blessing to you, how come you don't invite anybody? If truly, if truly you said this has been a blessing to you, how come you've, you've introduced both to your seamstress, but you've not introduced anybody to the church? You've introduced both to your hairdresser, but you've not brought anybody to the church? No? Because you are committed to making people beautiful, but not to, you, are, you don't care, you care about the, the body of people, but not the soul and the spiritual state of your friends. That's all. Even go to church and say, I'm going to see somebody down there, or oh, I'll be back. Sometimes you're on phone with somebody. This person could have been in church, but I never invited a person. Let's repent. Everybody lift up your hands. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.